Well, on a liturgical calendar, if we were a really liturgical church, this Sunday is technically the first Sunday of Advent. And so my sermon is going to be about that. But before we get there, I want to go back to Thanksgiving. Uh, if you'll recall, I shared some about my wife's family and, and just what they do on Thanksgiving. But, but Thanksgiving was more than a meal. And I was invited to Tam's family's Thanksgiving long before we were ever together because that morning they always played football. So everybody from the church would come and, and, and we'd play football in, in, in the field and, and that was the beginning of Thanksgiving. So their Thanksgiving, their family was filled with traditions and it started with football. Then when you were done with football, there was some breakfast. Those who were invited to the meal, which wasn't me until I started dating my wife, um, got to, to come back for dinner, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. And then some family would go out and others would stick around and they'd play cards, which they played this foolish card game that it's ridiculous, um, that wanted no part of, so I never played it. And then they would watch movies and they'd talk and hang out. But the other thing that always happened, now I don't know how it was here, um, but, but when you're close to civilization, um, I'm glad we all got that. At Thanksgiving, there was always an edition of the newspaper. And it was a Cincinnati Inquirer. That edition of the newspaper was like the thickest one of the year because that particular edition of the newspaper had all the Black Friday ads. So the other tradition that Tan's family had was that the table, when it wasn't filled with turkey, was filled with the ads for what sale was going to come. And they'd all sit around and strategize which store they would go to at what time because they were opening and this one would go by this and that. And, and, and anyway, how seamless the transition went from Thanksgiving to getting ready for Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it was like, boom. We got the Thanksgiving edition of the Enquirer. We could get the ads. We could plan it. We could start getting ready for Christmas. In my family, it wasn't necessarily that, but mom and dad worked, and they were always off on the Friday after Thanksgiving. So you know what the Friday after Thanksgiving was. It was going down to the closet in the basement and getting all the boxes of decorations out. Uh, uh, we had records, guys. They were these discs, these big round discs with a little hole in the middle, and they got played on a record player. And we had records of Christmas carols. And we'd put the record on the record player, and we'd set up the Christmas tree. We would never fight, I'm sure. Put the garland around and decorate the house and all those things, you know, to get ready to make the house festive for the holidays. And there was one decoration that we always got out, uh, one piece of decoration, and it was a wreath, and it had four candles in it, and it would either sit on the kitchen table or the bureau in the kitchen. And it was our Advent wreath. And I don't remember too much about the Advent wreath, other than there were candles and there was fire and I wanted to light the candle. I mean, as a kid, that's what it was all about, was who gets to light the candle this week or this day. But the reality is, is that in churches, there's a, in some churches, there's a season that precedes Christmas that's called Advent. And I just want to look at this just a little bit. That wreath was, was the Advent wreath and the intention of that wreath was to prepare ourselves for what's coming. Uh, there's a definition of Advent. The period beginning four Sundays before Christmas and observed by some Christians as a season of prayer and fasting. But the second definition is this coming of Christ at the incarnation. B, the second coming. 
You see, there, there was something about that season that was supposed to be intentional in preparing our hearts for what's to come. And sometimes I think it's important that we, we take a moment to just stop. You know, there's plenty of things that have to happen before Christmas. And I'm going to ask you several times, it's going to cause anxiety for some in this place. Are you ready for Christmas? And most of you are going to say, well, Thanksgiving just got over. I'm not even close to being ready because I got presents to buy and I got cookies to bake and I got poppy seed loaf to eat and I got a presents to wrap and, and I got a house to decorate and I got plans to, to come up with and I got travel and meals and all these things. In the, we got Christmas plays and the kids got to learn the lines or they're going to make a fool out of us at church and you know all those things that are coming. And sometimes in the hustle, I think in my devotion I said sometimes in the busyness of the holidays we miss the business of Christmas. Sometimes in all that, that we need to do and all that has to get accomplished and all that is done we miss the simplicity. I, I mean, I'm telling you, the moment that I desire is, you know what I'm talking about when you're at when we're at the shine or, or wherever else and, and everybody just stops and sings Silent Night. And suddenly when there's that pause, when it's not about the meals, the turkeys, the hams, the presents, suddenly when we realize there's a peace, there's a presence that's revealed to us. I really think that was the intention, that is the intention of this this season of Advent, this, this time of prayer and fasting, that, that we're preparing ourselves, yes, for what's to come. The greatest demonstration of God's love this world has ever known. The incarnation of Jesus Christ. And we're preparing ourselves this morning. I want to talk just a little bit about the second coming of Christ as well. When Christ is coming, we're getting ready for our company. I'm going to read, and it's going to be a weird portion of Scripture, and you're going to say, Pastor, I don't know why you're here. That's fine. I don't know why I'm there either. Um, I'm going to read. Actually, I do know why, but I just said that. I don't know why. Um, I'm going to read a portion of Scripture. It's in Psalm chapter 77. And, and I think it's very fitting for this. And, and we're going to get to a word that is in some of your Bibles and some newer translations. They take it out. But it's the word that I, I desire for us to experience. I'm going to pray, God, I thank you for being together today. I thank you for the body of Christ that I'm a part of. I thank you that you are with us when we gather in your name. And I pray, God, your continued anointing upon your word. I ask, Father, that as we look at the word of God, you speak truth to our heart. You illuminate your truth before our eyes. We talked in Sunday school, God, set a fire in us as we look at the word of God today. God, I pray that your will is accomplished in these next few moments. Take all of me away and speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm chapter 77, verse 1. says, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. 
You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject me forever? Will the Lord reject forever? Will He never show His favor again? Has His unfailing love vanished forever? Has He promised? Has His promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has He in anger withheld His compassion? And then it says, Selah, pause and reflect. And you're in church and you said, Pastor, started with Advent and now He's reading this. So just stop and think. Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out His right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. And then it says that word again. Selah. Stop and think. Do you see the difference from the first nine verses? To the last five? You know, the reality that I believe for many of us, we're living in this place. This year, we call it 2020. Some people shudder when we say it. It's been a time where we just didn't get it. The psalmist, as he's writing these words, he's talking about a distressing time. Like, I don't get what's going on. I cried out to God. I'm waiting. I'm not hearing. I mean, did you forget me, God? He's in this moment where, where everything seems to be wrong. Will God reject me forever? Will He never show His favor again? Has His unfailing love vanished forever? His promise fell for all time? Has He forgotten to be merciful? Has He in anger withheld His compassion? Then we have to just stop and think. You know, in the busyness, sometimes we don't stop and think. With all the responsibilities and things to do, we don't pause and reflect. And this, this is the genuine emotion. This is real feelings that this psalmist is feeling. This is, this is his heart. This is where he's at. And, and reality is, I have to just stop and think. And what does he think about? Does he think about what God has forgotten or the failures or, 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 or the lack of love? No. When he stops and thinks, he begins to think about all that God has done. Yet this might be where I am right now. This might be what I'm feeling. I may feel alone. I may feel rejected. I may feel disappointed. I may feel discouraged. But I need to think about what God has done. So to this I will appeal. To the years 
when the Most High stretched out his mighty hand. So rather than be focused on what I don't understand, I'm going to center myself on what I know. And this is what I experienced. This is what I know. The years when the Most High stretched out his hands. I will remember the deeds. I will remember the miracles of long ago. I will consider your words and meditate on your mighty deeds. That's what I think we need this year more than ever. Yeah, we can get consumed with Christmas and we can get the best presents and we can have the coolest tree and we can have the brightest house and we can have the best poppy seed love. We're going to miss it. We're going to miss Christmas. We're going to miss what God is truly speaking to us. And I think more than ever, so much in the moment, in the chaos, in the middle of where we're living, we must say la. We must just stop and think a little bit. Yeah, you can acknowledge what you felt. You can acknowledge how you feel and the frustrations. I saw a kid's letter to Santa Claus this week. And that kid asked Santa to get rid of COVID-19 for Christmas. That's the world we're living in. We all need a moment just to stop. We all need a season just to think, to remember what God has done. To praise God for when He's touched someone's life. To acknowledge that time when we prayed and God heard our prayer. To acknowledge the goodness of God that He revealed. So today, I want to look at the story. The question I ask is, are you ready for Christmas? Well, to be ready for Christmas, we've got to know what we're celebrating. And you say, Pastor, I know this. Well, let's just rehash it. Let's remember it. Let's, let's, let's meditate on it. Because we're not just celebrating giving gifts or receiving, but we're celebrating the incarnation, that's a word that's really been in my heart. It's a word that I've got to preach on probably a few more times. The revelation of God made flesh in this world. The incarnation of Christ. You know, I think about the time when Jesus came. It's hard to put ourselves in that place. We say hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think a lot of times when it's too far back, we forget it all completely. What was the revelation of Jesus Christ like then? The people of God were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for the King. They were looking for the one they've heard about. They've been waiting. They've been in prison. They've been in bondage. They've been in slavery. Been waiting for the revelation of what God has promised. And Jesus came. How did Jesus come? Luke chapter 1. Verse 31 says, You will conceive... And give birth to a son. And you're to call him Jesus. He will be great and called the Son of the Most High. 
the Lord God will give you the will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now stop and think. Who was the promise of Christmas? Jesus was coming as a as a king. But when you've had bad kings, the thought of a good king is a good feeling. When you've been in bad kingdoms or oppressed, when you've been in problems and in bondage, the reality of the king that is coming is imperative. What does it mean for you when we celebrate Christmas that the king has come? I mean, we're so consumed with our president, we forget about our king. Uh oh. What is the king? He's the one who is in charge. He's the one who's in charge to protect, to 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 preserve, to to provide for his kingdom. He establishes his laws which are good and true. What does it mean for the reality of the king who has come in your life? Do we think about the king? Do we stop and think about what it means that, that, that the Lord will give him the throne of his father David? He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever? That's who your king is. Christmas. Are you ready for it? Because he came as king, but he also came as savior. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping their watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for who? Who are all the people? I'm all. This is good news that should bring you great joy today. That today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth lying in a manger, or in clothes lying in a manger. What is the reality? What is Jesus being revealed as? Who is he being revealed as? The Savior. Messiah. These are a people. You see, we don't get it. They've been living in the imperfect. The sacrifice for their sin had always been imperfect. It was never enough to fully forgive, just partially atone for what they had done. They were under the authority of sin. Yet the Savior came. Think about that moment in your life when you recognize the joy of being forgiven, that you were no longer defined by what you had done wrong, but defined by everything that God has done right. He's... He's Savior. Stop and think. You're forgiven. Amen.
I'm excited about that too. That should bring joy to your heart. That the price for your sin has been given. That the Savior has come into this world. That you are no longer partially forgiven, but you are wholly forgiven because of what God gave through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's what Advent is. That's the stop and think. Think about the gravity of that moment. We lose sight of it because we experience it time and time again. How profound. How Incredible. He's King. He's Savior. He's Emmanuel. Matthew chapter 1 says, But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she'll give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he'll save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel. Which means God with us. And someone probably needs to just stop and think. When I look at Christmas this year, when I ponder Christmas this season, that I'm thinking about the reality that God is with me. You know, verses 1 through 9 of the psalm, the problems, the experiences, the emotions, but the reality that I just have to stop and think, no, it doesn't matter because God is with me. And it's so easy to forget about the reality that God is with me. God is in me. God is near me. And get so fulfilled by, by all the other things. They're so consumed with everything else that I forget the simple truth that God is with me. God is, is with you. John fourteen twenty three says, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and do what? Make our home with them. I'm telling you, God is with you. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but what? Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live in the faith uh, in, in, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Ephesians chapter 3. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner, inner being so that Christ may dwell where? And that's easy to say. I ask Jesus into my heart. Do you live with the assurance that God is with you? Do you live with the understanding of Emmanuel? Does it not change the reality of the moment when I stop and think about the promise that God is with me? He is in me. He has made me a temple for His Holy Spirit. He dwells within me. Suddenly, the problems. Suddenly, the verses. The struggles. You know that first one through nine. It's okay to, to say that. 
But I've got to remember that God is king. Because he's a king, he's, he's in control. There may be a God of this age, but, but I'm not governed by the God of this age. I'm governed by the God of eternity. He is king in my life. So guess what? His rule is what applies to me. Not the world's rule, not others' rule, but the king's rule. I have been saved by grace. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. The price for my sin has been paid. I am completely and wholly forgiven. Forgiven for what I've done. Forgiven for what I'm doing. And forgiven for what I will do. Because of the price of the cross. I am completely forgiven. Amen. And God is with me. Through it all. Even when I forget about, even when I, when I haven't felt, even when I haven't heard, God is with me. Why? Because God sent His Son, the incarnation of God, into this world. I can preach this message because of what happened in Bethlehem. I can preach this message because He did allow His Son to become the Word made flesh and make His dwelling among us. I was thinking of a comparison. The 4th of July. We're big on the 4th of July here, right? We got our parade. We got the fireworks. We got the rodeo. But how often is the 4th of July about everything but what it truly means? I mean, them cool fireworks. I mean, loud booms. How many times do we go through that and not think about the price that is paid? You know, we prayed for Jason this morning, someone who is, is, is being actively going in the military to serve for our freedoms. How often do we just go through that and we think about the picnics and the parades and the things that we get to do and, and whatever else, but we never think about the independence that we, we're celebrating because you know what? We're so far from dependence that we don't know what it means to be independent. We're so far from dependence that we're going back to it. You can ponder on that. You can pause and think about that for a minute, but I'm not going to get political. We miss Christmas. Just like Independence Day, because we never stop and really think what it's truly about. The enemy wants to keep us so busy thinking about the things that we got to do that we don't get to think about the things that God has done. We don't stop and think about the reality of this, that the King came, that the Savior has come, and that God is with me. And then we miss. And you know what happens? A lot of times we sit there on December 25th, and we open the presents, and we're sitting there as our kids have opened their presents, and we wonder, why do I feel so unfulfilled right now? I mean, all this preparation, all this... These plans, all these things, and, and that was it. I promise God won't leave you unfulfilled. I promise 
when you start digging into his presence. I promise when you start stopping and thinking about the revelation, the advent of Christ that was in that baby, that was the the King, the Messiah, the Savior, Emmanuel for this world, it will change you. But the other promise I have is that we're talking advent. It's the first coming, but it's also the second coming of Christ. Matthew chapter 24 talks about this. Therefore, keep watch because you don't know what day the Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let the house be broken into. So you must also be what? Someone say it. Ready. Just like you need to be ready for Christmas, you must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you don't expect Him. I don't know the day or the hour. I'm not going to get into the that Christ is coming back in this season or that season, but I know that there's a lot of groaning and I know that there's a lot of pondering right now about whether or not Christ is coming back. I would say even some who are on the verge of Christianity are wrestling with, is this it? Because I don't know how God can let things get much more screwed up than it is right now. So are you ready for Christmas? Matthew 25, at that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps And went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in the jars along with their lamps. And the bridegroom was a long time in coming. And they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom. Come to meet him. Then all the virgins, they they woke up. And trim their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise ones, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going to go out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. See, what they said was you should have been ready. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later others also came, Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. You guys can come forward. My message this morning is simply about Advent. God has come. He revealed himself through Jesus Christ. Are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for the King, for the Savior, for the Emmanuel, to, for God to be with you? Not only did God reveal Himself through Jesus Christ, but God has promised through the Word of Jesus Christ that He's coming back. He's coming back for His church. And you know what He said in the Gospel? He said He's coming back soon. Well, that was soon 2,000 years ago, so that's sooner. That's all I'll say. It's sooner than it was when he said it. Are you ready? How do I I get ready, Pastor? Will you stop and think? How do you get ready for the second coming? 
you think about the first coming. How do you get ready for when God comes back? You think about what God accomplished through His Son, Jesus Christ. You think about what God revealed through the Word made flesh, the incarnation of Christ. That's what begins to prepare our hearts for God coming back a second time. Are you ready for Christmas? I hope that this year, as you approach Christmas, you can take some time apart from the busyness. I'm not saying don't buy the presents or don't bake the cookies and bring them to church. It's okay. But I am saying, find a moment for Selah. Find a moment to stop and think. Find a moment to think about the promise of a king to think about the joy of a Savior, to think about the comfort that comes through Emmanuel. I'm going to pray. God, I pray that, you know, this morning, there's a lot of things we can think about. There's a lot of items on our list left unchecked to be ready for Christmas. But God, beyond that, you know, apart from that, I pray that we can think about what you've done. That God, you begin to prepare our hearts once again for the revelation of Jesus Christ. That you prepare our minds, our spirit for the, for the promise that was revealed when your Son came to this earth. God, I ask in Jesus' name that you speak to our hearts. I pray, God, that as we practice the discipline of pause, that as we practice the discipline of meditation, Lord, that you help us to be invigorated. You help us to understand. You help us to to be excited about what you've done. That we would be watching for when you come. The fulfillment of your promise the fulfillment of the covenant, the fulfillment of the plans of God, the perfection of your will for each of our lives revealed through your Son, Jesus Christ. Speak to us as we think, as we reflect in Jesus' name. I'm going to have him lead us in a chorus and I just encourage you to think just for a few moments about what God has done. Think about the promise of a king, of a savior, of Emmanuel. And as you ponder that, let your hearts get ready. Let this become about him in this season so that you're ready for when he comes back. That's where we have the hope of Christmas. And so it's not about what they say. It's not about what they do. 
but we have the hope of a king, we have the hope of a savior, and we have the hope that God is with us no matter what. Amen? The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you get ready for Christmas. Amen? Be blessed.